On dispensers of pets, going out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. And here's your host, my spicy hummus on a tortilla chip, Derek McCaw. Low fat. Thank you. Fat. I had Derek. hummus for a snack today. Fantastic. Mm, this is Derek stuff. McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And it was spicy. I'm sure. Just like, like you. Just like this store. We're podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. The first podcast to podcast out of this store. <laughs> Thank you. That is very true. Uh, but we, wish, we should mention that by the time this posts, uh, probably May 1st, that you should come here on May 7th because for free comic book day uh, from 2 to 5 in the afternoon, James Robinson... Uh, will be signing uh, Smokey's little brother, right? No, no, the guy oh, who is uh, currently writing working Justice, man in comics. Certainly, currently writing Justice League of America. Several of the uh, books in the new Krypton run for Superman, and mm. of course, one of my all-time Tasty. favorite series now available in fantastic omnibus editions: Starman. Starman. So you man, know what hard, hardback books I'm going to be bringing in for him. I to like sign. to think of that as the Shade guest starring Starman. So you're going to bring in some hard ones for him to sign. I'm bringing in all, shame that I'm bring bringing in all six of my hard ones for Ooh, the design. Nice, so That's impressive, Rick. Uh, and at WonderCon, we, uh, we we did briefly talk about he will uh, he is willing. He hasn't really seen all of us yet, but he's willing to be a guest uh, interviewee on the podcast. Are you saying he has to be blindfolded to be on the? Show? I'm saying I don't know. It's one thing when it, when one guy walks up to him and says, um, "Do you mind if uh, at the free comic book day?" Um, or when four men surround yes, him. And then yeah, goes, I go talking to my microphone, yeah, Robinson. Is, all right. I must apologize for that. That was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yeah it was. Well, we bit. do tend to surround creators like those, uh, the Knight of the Roxbury guys, and then yeah, kind of bounce them Eric around. Larson you know? barely got out alive. That yeah, time we, but he we, can shake his thing. Yeah, I'll tell that's you. true. He can. And, and Jaden Wheedland, she can just whip us into submission. She could. Yes. So, uh, I've let... I've, Talked about things upcoming. Let's talk about the people at the table. Besides myself, who's to my right? My fabulous announcer, my little chickpea. Wow, you went really long with that chickpea. Uh, so you got a certain glow over you. Dare? Uh, wait, I'm not Derek McCall. You are not. I'm Lonrick McCrabs. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Lon Perez. Okay, yeah, I think this is close as it it's close as going to get. And of course. Uh, occasional commentator. We don't see him every week, but we're glad to have him here at the table tonight. It's uh, David Tapia, and uh, look for me somewhere. We will. Great. Uh, I'm looking for you across the table from me. Mm. And uh, No, but the people at home should look out behind them. Oh, my God. Don't say his name three times. David right Tapia. David you. Tapia. No! It's like beaner juice, beaner juice, beaner oh. juice. Oh. oh. 
Did I just make Lon it happen? Juan Lopez said that. And <laughs> Kenny Corner from me. Legally, we're okay. You're okay. Uh, and Kenny Corner from me at the table. That was the best. Moral compass. Best lead into my introduction ever. Podcast producer. <laughs> Rick Brett Snyder. Indeed. Okay, so we got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news. Let's start with the comics, shall we? Because we always do. I like comics. Uh, last week, if you uh, listened to the podcast, maybe you just listened to it and now decided to download this one, and that's fine. And then you wondered, wow, last and week seems so like, good. I got to tell all my friends about this awesome podcast. That's right. Uh, you heard we had uh, two guests: uh, the writer Derek McCulloch and the artist Greg Espinoza with their graphic novel, their SpineTinglerMag.com nominated graphic novel, Pug. Pug. You did a, you did a great job of that Thank that you. whole roll up. It was a I you know we're proud of I'm, you, Derek. I'm not. I'm, not, I, I'm okay with you're this. No long, you know? no longer have the stuttering problem, or you know. The, I you know I didn't develop the stuttering problem until you joined the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh. I, know I teach. It's, <laughs> it's only like our what 400th episode yeah, or whatever. You know, but it's so nice. Uh, but uh, so that was a, a good graphic novel. We did a, a lot of talking about that last week, and we kind of glossed over an earlier work of Derek McCulloch's. Uh, Stagger Lee, uh, done with Shepard Hendricks, also available from Image, and I wanted to talk about it and give it a good review because I like to occasionally when I find an older graphic novel that maybe has not gotten the love it should have, this should have. And I should also mention afterwards that Derek McCulloch sent me two CDs in the mail of different versions of Stagger Lee. So a song that I, sadly, of had, the music. had never actually heard before. I now have 40 different versions wow. of wow. the song. Uh, including That's quite an afternoon. <laughs> and so uh, it, it was good. It was good. There used to be a college radio station here in San Jose that would do Louie Louie for like three days. There well, now I can, oh, yeah. I can give you a variety of Stagger Lee's. So uh, Stagger Lee is an old uh, blues song, folk song, uh, that is based in his uh, historical event, and so uh, this graphic novel covers both the uh, development of the song and the different cover versions, who's done it over the decades, and how the figures of Stagger Lee and uh, his opponent have uh, changed from song to song, and <coughs> depending on the social needs of the band recording it. I think Bob Dylan has a version. So does this qualify as like folklore? In yeah, a sense? it's folklore, and so then it's it's juxtaposed against the uh, a slightly fictionalized retelling of what actually happened and what led to the crime it's a it's a murder uh it's a so murder at least so you got you know something to chew on while you're reading it yeah it's a really really good graphic novel very interesting historical piece and uh so i brought it so that rick could borrow it brown oh, covers it. i wanted to read it well you might want to so i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll read, read it and you can read it i'll read it after rick then. reads faster oh it's got the celine dion version oh, what oh. Oh, and Katy Perry, too. My uh, heart will stagger Lee. He will, yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, okay. Stagger along. So uh, I, I really wanted to tout that because I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed Pug. Uh, I didn't finish Pug. Actually, I've got it in the car. You can, okay, you cool. Can borrow it. You I can borrow that, and we'll switch next yes. week. All right. Okay. Ooh, so I can borrow Derek's Pug is what you're saying. There you go. Exactly. Okay. Good. Don't drool on it. I could I could get a pug now. That'd be good. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so to talk about that. Now, books uh, that are happening right now. Is Bright as Day has come to an end at DC. Oh, has it been a year already? It has. Good Lord. Almost. It's 24 issues, so 48 weeks. But, yeah, mm. I realize that. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going like, good Lord. Just in time for Flashpoint. No. Uh, yes. Uh, that's one. Uh, to go with Justice League Generation Lost, which is going to spin out a Justice League International Again. Reboot, revival with as many of the original versions of uh, original members of Justice League International as they can 
uh, dig up from the, the grave. Yeah, I was going to say that they haven't so killed. So Jaime is going to be a member of the Justice League for the first time, uh, the new Blue Beetle. Oh, okay. Jaime. You know him on a first-name basis. Jaime Reyes? Yeah, I know. I'm just uh, saying. Because I'm going to get back to it. because We was, all call him the Blue Beetle. Because he was on Smallville last week. Oh, good. Dave, you're here so you and I can gush over Smallville. Or criticize it if that's where you where you sit. Later. Foreshadowing. We'll get there. Ooh. That's so a sneak ma- preview. What's so coming up later on the episode? Uh, so it's come to an end with the revival of Swamp Thing, which also spins to Brightest Day Aftermath, the wait, search for Swamp Thing. So wait, you're going a little too fast there. I wanted to stop on the Justice League spinoffs. Okay, go ahead. Stop on so, um He wants to count down the characters. Well, I just want to, you know, I mean, we're talking about all these cool things that Fire fans might be interested Fire in. Fire and Ice. No, I'm not talking about the characters. So Sky they're going to do, before internet, wait, okay. So when the 80s came and it was like the... Uh, J.M. DeMatteis and who was the, and, who, and Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen. Mm-hmm. So when they launched that, like, was it mid '80s, late '80s? Yes, it was um, or like early the, '90s. After the, no, it was, it was mid '80s. I was in college. It was the DC miniseries called Legends. Out of that, they spun out right what was originally called just Justice League for about six or seven issues, and then they and became international. And became international once Max Lord entered the picture and decided that the thing that the flaw. In Justice League, of been, America. Justice League, Justice League of America, when it needed to be the world's team, and then mm-hmm. it became Europe, or there, they, they there were branched two books. Out. There was Justice League International and Justice League Europe. Okay, and then as often happens when you have a golden goose, instead of trying to kill it, they try to clone it. Okay. So you had uh, Justice League International, Justice League Europe, Justice League Task Force, and Extreme Justice. Oh, I remember that. Extreme yeah, Justice okay. that was Awful. horrible. Yeah. Justice League Task Force was an interesting idea. About the same time that Marvel then decided to just coincidentally create Secret Defenders, which was the same concept as Justice League Task Force. What was just what was the concept behind Task Force? Martian no. Manhunter would find these jobs, these uh, tasks that needed. He would organize. So, people. like, light change the light bulbs in the Watchtower. Yes, exactly. And like for it. that, you would need Doctor Light, but you might oh. not need Doctor Light. To what about Doctor uh, Midnight? The bathroom. So Doctor Midnight might be a bathroom cleaner. He's kind know? of the night custodian. So he would, asso- he would associate uh, assemble it's a like team. Jim Phelps at the beginning of Mission yes, Impossible. He would picking assemble out a what team. team he's going to yes, do. He would assemble a team based on the skills he needed. So for it was Justice League Mindless Task Force. Is yes, what it was. Exactly. Okay. exactly. And then Mindless over at Marvel, Doctor Strange would form the Secret Defenders, and whoever he needed for a mission, he got would, it. You know. Yeah. So that sounds terrible. Yeah, yes. what was Extreme Justice? Extreme Justice was Captain Adam felt that the Justice League was not proactive enough. Yeah. And so he formed the most psychotic members oh, of the ones that, like, they actually killed or something? Yeah, uh, or? They didn't kill, they, but they did. They were pretty close. They, they were violent. They were violent. The Maxima. Just really creepy. Yeah, Maxima <laughs> was there. and uh, So it wasn't like extreme, like they did like snowboarding and right, like which the no. ones base that killed, jumping. The ones that killed they did later was sort of like an, an authority, dark side, Justice League elite. Ooh, that's right. That's what and, that was, and that was more in the... And like, they eventually about, had a about, showdown about between six or seven years. But that was GLA. meant to have an expiration, like it was a 12-issue miniseries, to okay. prove why that wasn't a valid yeah. mm. approach to what Justice League is supposed to be about. Uh, and Justice League uh, Extreme Justice was I can't remember the name of the character the guy that he had been in suspense nobody remembered him he had gravity based powers and and then at the end of Underworld Unleashed he um, Neron gave him a candle and he ended up destroying Extreme Justice Uh, it was a lame character that's why they ultimately just got rid of him because people didn't like him Hmm. so um, anyway major disaster no, although no. Major Disaster had did reform and was a member of the Justice League elite for a while. I really like no. that character's costume design, but then they just never really did anything with no, him. So. No, mm-hmm. so anyway, so that's Justice League spinning out. And so Swamp now Thing, Swamp Thing returns, and John Constantine is coming back. Constantine? 
No, Constantine is Keanu Reeves. Constantine oh. is Hellblazer. Keep uh, them straight. Yeah, sorry. Keep them sane. Uh, really? Did they really make that distinction? They, yes. Like, they made that mistake. I will tell you this. Alan Moore makes that distinction, and if you don't, you're going to wake up with your testicles shriveled. Why? Even more than they already are. Why does he... Because he cast a magic spell on you with his two-headed snake puppet snake Is god. Is that why everything's going wrong right now? That's pretty much why. Damn you, wizard. Yes. So, um, Is anyway. he a warlock? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Uh, he, Glycon will get you. Hmm. So, uh, anyway... Uh, so John Constantine's going to come back and say maybe not a good idea to pursue um, the Swamp Thing, but uh, one of the writers of Hellblazer did did assure people that, and I think this is true, that comics readers are sophisticated enough to realize that Vertigo Hellblazer is going on and that's fine, and what happens in Vertigo stays in Vertigo, and what happens in the DC Universe happens in the DC Universe. Basically, what they can do to make money will make money. And what they should have so done a long time ago. They never should have taken Swamp Thing out. They could have made a Swamp Thing Vertigo book and still had Swamp Thing in the regular DC. Oh, universe. so they're bringing sure. Swamp Thing back into DC Universe. He is the White Lantern. Oh, spoiler alert. No, it was revealed at the end of the last issue. Uh, I didn't read it. Uh, you no, haven't okay. read any of Brightest <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, let me get this straight. So a thing from the swamp yes. is going to put on a ring and fly around the universe? A ring thing. That sounds No, ridiculous. the White Lantern is the avatar of life on Earth. So it actually makes a lot of sense huh. when you Since go that. he's a swamp thing. Right, and he would be the only he's White like, Lantern. Was, isn't he, is, he the Earth Elemental yes, or something like that? Yes. It's kind of ironic that he's The green. plant elemental. So, now, yeah, so does that mean he gets an energy-based costume like all the other lanterns? There's a picture of him right up there. As the Black Lantern. No, that's him in the white. Well, I, at the end of uh, at the end of the last issue of uh, Brightest Day, he was the Black Lantern. Mm. But so. He's got a white emblem on his front right, right now. Right. Okay. So I, I just want to see him in tights. That's all I want to say. It's going to happen. So I'm thinking, I have the, all the shorts. action figures. He's just going to do shorts. I have all the action boots. figures. Like Martin Martian Manhunter. Like, and boots and straps. Like booty I shorts. I miss that costume. Swamp Thing and booty shorts? But I swear to God, if you show up dressed like that, I will hurl. What? Yes. Free comic book day surprise, everybody. Oh, I've spoiled it. Oh. I just need somebody to paint my back green. Oh, God. What's going on? Let's shave I it first. Up next. Are you going to be like Cesar Romero? <laughs> Taking the makeup over your Over mustache, my mustache. Over your back stash. That'd be funny. <laughs> Ooh, you shaved me a back goatee? <laughs> but anyways. It's Lonsback's evil twin. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, That'd be awesome if you could shave the back of my head to look like my beard in the front, so that way I could just turn around and look like that. I'd do that. That'd be funny. I think Rick and I have a project <laughs> for May 6th. I'll go, I'm going to go make the stencils right now. And the odd thing is, I just want to have Debbie walk in awkwardly at your house while we're shaving. You know what? I have it at my house. <laughs> oh, yes. We oh, would, oh, no. just for the look on Debbie's right face. Here. Right here. When I'm, not, when, I'm out, when I'm unemployed next, we will do that. <laughs> Because you could do oh, eyebrows. Forgot. You have a day job. You can't get away with that now. You're working for Google. It'll be hilarious. It'll They're be fine. They'll they promote won't even you. Notice. Yeah. That's awesome. They go. Who's that new go getter? <laughs> not. <laughs> you're not, du- you're not du- so great from the back, but that's front. <laughs> you're the new director of G Haircuts. Nice. I love it. Ah. Anyway. So. DC is also, and when you're looking ahead, DC is releasing a 100-page spectacular this week. Reprinting their 100-page spectaculars now are reprints of old stuff. Night Force by Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan. Yeah. 
Now, we, this came up in conversation a little while ago. We started talking about Night Force because we were. I really don't remember that. We were the night talking about Force. what was it about. And, you know, I, now that you made that bad music, <laughs> there you go. Fun, I remember talking about it. <laughs> did we go. did it then. I yeah. did. The oh, pain okay. comes right back. If it's obvious, you've done it. What? Yes. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. No, it was about Baron Winter that we were. Yes. Uh, that we were, but we we don't. We weren't at that time foreshadowing any new uh-huh. Night Force activity, but. When they do this stuff, it usually means it's coming back in something. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of, and I just doubt that the DC, that there's been the time for this, is that Gene Colan has gotten really ill, and he's got hospital bills, and they're kind of like uh, Cliff, uh, Clifford Meth, who yeah. has been his friend for a while, um, has uh, is selling a lot of, with, with Gene Colan's permission, Colin of course, own, artwork. Did own a whole bunch of, of Night Force? Of his own or? What I'm is just Night saying, Force? if he gets royalties... If he gets ro- reprint royalties, yeah. then it's worth putting that together. Uh, what Night Force is, is, is it was a supernatural, really dark book. So it was the team that did Tomb of Dracula for Marvel, and then over at DC, it's this guy, it's kind of like Justice League uh, Task Force. Task Force, yeah. Is um, it kind of like uh, Dark Avengers, or what is it, Dark Stalkers in well, wait, Marvel? I'll, I'll explain it to you. Okay. Uh, Baron Winter is in this mansion. He senses supernatural <coughs> problems going on, and he kind of lures people into the mansion. He never leaves the mansion. But the mansion itself can exit into different time periods and and different places, and so he kind of people get drawn to it, and they're they're ordinary people with a particular extraordinary skill, powers with an extraordinary oh. ability, a skill because there was a psychic in there at one point, um, but they're people that are just like again the right person to handle whatever the, mm. and it was a really dark view. It one was, of, was it the psychic from um, no, no 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 because the psychic what. what I don't want to spoil it if it's good, but one of the Marvel Wolfman ex- uh, kind of explored some interestingly dark ideas because one of the I think the first storyline was that basically there have been these aliens breeding us for gentleness so that when they finally come we will be unable to fight back because we won't have the you know so it's basically kind of um, saying that religious figures. Have been purposely planted among us so that we'll remain, so that we'll become peaceful and not able to fight back. Wow! And there was a case for for the warrior. I'm probably misremembering some of the theme. It's almost worth it to me to buy the hundred page spectacular. Yeah, again I'm, I'm, just not, to, I'm kind of tempted now because I'm never going to pull those books out of. But storage. I'm curious though, where does Jean Claude Van Damme fit into that mix? He does not. Why yeah. would he fit into? Because Night Force? what I'm saying is, is no, I'm saying to the mix of that plan. Because they didn't count right. on John Claude Van Damme. They never do. Exactly. It's kind of funny because the title doesn't 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 match the. No, but it's a really good. It, I, I I recall it being a really good book, and another one that I'd like them to reprint from Gene Colan. I've been thinking about a lot lately. Did you ever read in the eighties Silver Blade? Yes. Silver Blade. Yes. yes. Silver Blade was really cool. Well, wait a minute. Silver. No, I'm. Was there about was a guy that was a swash had been a like an Errol Flynn character had been a swashbuckler right in the movies and then like the characters were coming to life from his movies and and supernatural enemies were coming and it played with reality I don't I'm think sure it wasn't on just LSD no no oh, okay. it was, was a that really for, cool it was like an eight issue miniseries in what, the eighties what house what Marvel it was from DC, DC. it was it from was DC. DC so I'm just gonna say DC I'll put it out there that I really think. That it's worth taking a look at a, at a hundred page spectacular or a collection of just gathering up Silver Blade because it's Gene Colan art. It's fantastic. Yeah. Nobody's like Colan. No one's like Colan. No, absolutely. Except Brunner. Who? Oh, Brunner. Brunner. Okay. Uh, right, because he drew out of the duck too. Um, 
So, uh, and then Marvel's reprinting the John Byrne say, sensational She-Hulk run. In today, paperback. Yep. yeah, it's on the show. So that's why I know I saw it. Big, and said, well, it's worth book. mentioning because that was a really good, funny book. That was when she was breaking the fourth wall all the time. So she was so oddly enough, she was like Marvel's ambush bug. Yeah, or it, green too. Yes, Deadpool came later with that ability because when Deadpool, well, I mean, I'm just relating it yeah, to a but newer when, but when yeah. Uh, yeah, oh right, I was going to say because us old Deadpool guys love is bug. more. But when Deadpool first ab- when Deadpool first appeared, he wasn't no. self aware like no, that. No, no. Not until the he wasn't, he wasn't totally silly either when he first appeared. No. Yeah, he's supposed to be a badass. Yeah, he still is. Mm, laughable badass. He's crazy badass. That's my kind of badass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I hang out with you. But you're a badass. But, she, but you're laughable. She looks oh, okay. a good ass. My right. badass Valentine. Okay, I like that. I thought you might. Um, you know, I, I I tend to think that Burn. All burn stuff in that era, like Fantastic Four, She Hulk, Captain America. Yeah. Like, what else? Was he doing Avengers for a while, too? I well, mean, X Men, of course, and yeah, uh, I mean, Avengers. That's yeah. when Burn was the man. What yeah. happened? And I should say, IDW, and I kind of like missed this, and I'm just going to have to get the trades. Uh, it's been re- reprinting and continuing Next Men. I've been reading it. And how has it been? Because it's, I loved it's it very, when it was it's, from Dark Horse. It's not at all like the original run, other than the same characters are carrying over. Uh, partially because of the storyline they've got going on right now. They've all been shot off into different times. Okay. And there's, there's a big twisty time travel story that you're not really sh- quite sure how it's how things are resolving back into the story. But um, if you remember the first few issues of Next Men, it was all about nothing's quite what it appears to be. Yeah. There are virtual worlds yeah. within. Uh, and, and so and I really it's liked- kind of like reimagining that aspect of okay. the book. Okay, because I really enjoyed the original run on Next Man. I'm enjoying it a lot. So. I'm still, you know, it's still one of those things. If you ask me what it's about, I go, I've got to read a couple more issues to figure that out. Okay, cool. Um, uh, as we suspect as well, Disney is very slowly bleeding the lifeblood of their characters out of Boom Studios. <laughs> is it bleeding it out? Disney's bleeding it their sucking characters. Well, sucking it up. Um, the ducks still exist Bleed. with Boom. They took out all the Pixar and the Muppets, and now Marvel's announced that they're going to reprint the Boom uh, stuff. Bleed, Huey. And uh, bleed Huey. Bleed. Huey. So far, Huey, Dewey, Dewey and, Louie and Louie are still with Boom Studios. Oh, not for so, long. Which gives me the opportunity to say that Boom is doing a great reprint collection of Don Rosa's work, who is the guy that kind of took over for Carl Barks or is considered. I mean, so I'm sure other people did it in between, right. but he's the guy that that long uh, run that has the long run and has done the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, and I believe the two volumes of that in hardcover are still available from Boom Studios and get it from Boom while you can. It's it's a beautiful collection. They're really good stories. And I like throwing out the good the good kids stories, but adults can read it. It's he's fun. still like hyper detailed like uh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's You know what's funny is it's funny you mention that cuz I was totally on a Scrooge McDuck thing today. <laughs> Were you? Because did you, uh, did you, read about you didn't that tip at the, the restaurant. Show us your number one dime. Wasn't he like the richest fictional character? If you were to like put that in a real world. Oh, thing? I don't. I don't. I think know. he is. Yeah. He might be. Richie Rich comes second. Um, All I know is the reason like I thought about it was: uh, Are you guys familiar with John Miller, the voice of the Giants? Mm-hmm. That is a sporting team of some sort. Yes. He was actually he was in the lobby it today. Is I, I saw I his Facebook on this. So I walked by and I was like. I think that's John Miller from the Giants. I wanted to go up and talk to him, but I'm like, eh, maybe it's not. I don't know. And so you I, quacked in a Scottish accent well, no, and walked but away? He, he looks just he looks like a live-action Scrooge McDuck because he's got like the white hair oh. kind of on the sides. No and pants. 
<laughs> Awkward, a stovepipe hat, and a red velvet smoking jacket. You know, when he's on TV, you only see him from the waist up. Oh, my so. God. And the cutest feathery tail. But it was funny because we started talking about Scrooge McDuck at work. So okay. It's, it's a McDucky day. Yeah. So this this not not we didn't this, me and John Miller this acclaimed about. run of Scrooge McDuck is that basically taking clues in stories that Carl Barks who was is the creator of Scrooge McDuck and the guy that basically Ducktales took everything from oh they had the right because it was Disney oh, you know. yeah um, taking those clues he went back and has gone through he went through Scrooge McDuck's youth. And explain how he made his money in the first place and everything. And they're really good stories that kind of span the globe, just like DuckTales and just uh, like the best. So he took story, story hints from DuckTales and did the – that's yes. kind of cool. It's, it's so it's really all canon. Cool. The, it's the, all – yes. He yeah, because I could have swore there was a DuckTales where they had a young Scrooge. Probably. Yeah, and there were references in the original stories. And well, DuckTales always is, going off to deal with And DuckTales was just based on Carl Barks Did he fight work. in any wars? Probably was he in World War One? I? I haven't I read that far yet. Oh, okay. Um, he's in the Old West. The last one, I, last story I had a chance to read. Interesting. So, do you think uh, he'll ever do a Who Shot Scrooge McDuck storyline? No, because it's inevitable. It's coming, right? The Beagle Boys. I mean, you don't have to. You don't even have to think twice. Who which, shot Scrooge really? McDuck? Or which Beagle Boys? The Beagle Boys. What if it was one of the one of the ducks? X five nine one seven. One of the nephews. Huey. You never Dewey, know. Or Louie. Yeah. They are ungrateful. Or until just, the, until it's the accidental. End of the yeah, it's oh. Donald. It was Daisy. Or what, who is the one they, who always drove around? They went duck hunting with Duck Cheney. Crash. Goofy. It was yeah. Elmer Fudd. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was Lisa Simpson. Season. Maggie Simpson. Maggie Simpson. There you go. Okay. And I should mention that one of your favorite comics is coming to novels. No pictures. Can I guess? You can. Walking Dead? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I just, I just looked up and I saw Walking so Dead. So the first, uh, first Walking Dead novel, I believe, is scheduled for release in June, and it is called... I'm just going to say Overload. No, okay. Rise of the Governor. Oh, oh so a backstory, a pre- backstory prequel to what happened to create that I, character. You know, I like the governor as a villain, but I don't know if I like him enough. To but here's what it. I think: I saw a picture of the cover, and it's a photo cover, and it looks like it's from the show. So I think what they're really doing is setting up the show. for the governor to be in the show, the next season. Not next season, right? Season three. Cause I well, that's what they originally said, but I don't know that that's where they're just because yeah. they said it, Dave. They lie to us. They lie. They lie. They, they lie. lie because they everybody lie. wants the government. They lie. They lie. Well, okay. you know, it's one of those. It's one of those. Things, I can see a network executive going. Well, people keep talking about this governor guy. No, you could do. The, you could Let's do, get him there. You could do the, uh, the prison and the governor at the same time. And you well, do, you, you end do, the prison with you, the governor. Yeah, you yeah, could you do just, sort of like the Earth Two thing when Tim Curry appeared on the mountainside. You know, and, yeah. and just kind of. That was awesome. That was awesome. So uh, you do the same thing with the governor for the end of season two, and then you've got this setup. And I think that's why the novel exists, not because of the comic book. Although I'd be interested to see. I know The Walking Dead Weekly is seems to be selling pretty well, and I know that their sales have gone up. But it's still one of those things that I wonder how much people who have watched and liked the show on AMC are really going in and buying the yeah, comics I, I, or buying the graphic you know, novels. The I fact that they – My first issue ever. After watching the show, I see people okay. reading it all the time. I well, see good. people picking it up in stores. It's become still. cool. Yeah, and I I got a little perspective uh, last week. I was in a, a home. And, deep. and to be fair, it is such a easily read series. It, there a lot of graphics, not as many words. People feel. I mean, gee, yeah. thanks, Rick. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a well-written one, but you know, it's one of the things. Look, it is. A I gr- said easily read, not easy to read, Dave. I know. Oh. That's a, that's a, and honestly, I would say be, because of the concept. Pick up any volume, though you should start with volume one, but if you pick up any volume, it's easy to get into what's going on in the story. Yeah. I picked up 69. But, 
Do you really want to pick up? Why would you do that? That's Lon's bailiwick. Oh, don't just just don't just yes. resort it to me. I did. It's catching on. Oh all no, over. it's spreading like zombie virus. Um, oh, he has a bite in his neck. Uh oh. Kill him now. That was for me. It's kill him now. Kill him now. We were play fighting. We can't take chances. Dude. All we have to do is Sorry. cut his neck off. It'd be right. fine. Oh, okay. I also think too, though, that to me. with the TV show on AMC, they probably attracted a lot, of, a little, you know, let's say uh, more erudite, in- intellectual, audience. you know, erudite. Is that kind of the same? Yes. Erudite, yeah. Yeah, and so, and you know, you want to you want to sell this story to more people. And mm-hmm. more people are, are going to buy a novel than, let's say, a comic book. Well, and I, I, exactly what I'm saying. I think that there are things like our appearances at Baycon prove that there are genre fans who will not touch the comics, mm-hmm. but they will touch a novel. I will not touch that comic. And did, uh, did Don't touch the comics. Sh- did we find out who's writing this? Is it Kirkman writing it the novel? It is not Kirkman, but he's overseeing. Okay. Uh, I think it's a variety of different writers. The first one is... It's oh, all the people they fired from writer, the TV show. Uh, it's a horror writer. Is it an anthology? No, or no, 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 no. I mean, there's there's going to be at least three novels. So okay. I know the first one, I, I think I've read that there are three The first one, writers. he's the mayor. The second one, he's the city planner. And the third one, he's the governor. So, it's yeah. Parks, Parks and Rec Undead. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so... Okay. Um, and Amy Poehler is writing the whole thing. So, Funny. this moves into the transmedia, shall we? Of boom. Uh, which I should mention before we do of transmedia. The, the, <laughs> the daniest boom ever. The, the, the uh, company that taught me the word transmedia was Monsterverse, who is publishing, of course, my short story in Bell Lugosi's Tales from the Case Number One, which I should mention that in Diamond Previews coming out today is relisted. So, you, if you missed that story and that book, you can get that. But also, because issue number two is coming out, and that's being, you can order from Diamond Previews, previews this month, uh, the May issue. May 2011, which the second issue has a cover by Rick Baker, seven-time Oscar Sweet. winner. And that uh, was our Shill of the Week. Shill of the Week, people. Um, it's a really cool cover. With Shill a, of the Week. With a, with a demonic Popeye story. Spreading. Yes. Spreading. A demonic Popeye story called Strange the Finish. Isn't that on your uh, face fanboy planet? It is, Dave. Dave reads. You know what? Out of everybody at the table? Dave is the one who does read the site, so yeah, Dave, only w- thank you. You are my friend. <laughs> Derek's hard work is paying off. Well, as last night, Michael Goodson posted a video that oh. I had posted a month ago on Family Planet. Going, I don't know if you saw this. He, you know, he messaged me and like he was just trying to be nice. I know, but I was cranky anyway. Um, and it's not like he's going to hear me being cranky and talking about it now because he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's he doesn't. Come, no, he only comes in and shouts every six months. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna like really test because Rick's, from the way uh, bleeping from, skills right from now. The way, it's good you've gotten over that cranky bit. From the way he shouts, I think it's because he's deaf. He can't listen. He can't <laughs> hear <laughs> that the podcast. That's possible. He's got two kids now. <laughs> yeah, that that is possible. So let's talk about some movie stuff. So you brought no. Up, I want I'm to. Just kidding, I I'm want kidding. to. Can we? I just please? like how you asked it. Like a yes. Let's do it. You know okay. I need to be a little more forceful. I'm learning. This. Yes. Lord. We're talking movies. Time to talk movies. And the first thing is, <laughs> like before that. you get... Oh, I, I will go with that man. Oh, you will, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I he hope that was an audible just slapped me. <laughs> he just beat me. I'm going to do it again. Okay. Okay. Um, you know be- he's just going to do it again, right? Before we get into I'll the go with him. To, uh, Green Lantern stuff, Dave had a breaking piece of news. And neither of us can pronounce her name, I think. No, that was her name. Oh, okay. She's Finnish. She might be. It's. I think she's German. It's Antje Trau. Uh-huh. Yeah. She has been cast as Feyora Alhur. Whoa, easy, buddy. The villainous 
the actual villainous from Kryptonian villain from Superman, who was in the Phantom Zone, the one who hates men. Who was based? Who Ursa was, Ursa based, was based off on? Of. Okay, yes, that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, that yeah. Care. So that's is. awesome. So we're getting a new Superman movie, which is going to be exactly like Superman Two, which was awesome with a much hotter Ma Kent. Mm, good. Yeah. And a pocket. Mm. Couldn't we get like a Superman movie right, that hasn't gone where we've already gone before? And did we say who, who you want? You want Brainiac? I want a Paris. I want a Paris. <sighs> Just I think. something. Other I'm going to go with. Luther. I want. I want a big screen movie in which. Superman takes on the prankster. Hmm. And no one will show. No. I know. That's is the it, problem. Wait, is the prankster no, the same I, as Toy Man? No. They're, no, he's different. They are different How characters. How about both of them? Toy Man and the prankster. Oh, my Mr. gosh. Mr. Freeze? No. Uh, Mr. Freeze would be a Batman villain? I just want him to fight a giant. Thanks for playing. I just want him to fight a giant spider. I, is that so much to ask? You go, yes, Kevin Smith. You go Brainiac. Oh, it is. Brainiac and Metallo. Yeah. I think, or although, Metallica. Although, you know, honestly, with the TV versions of, of Superman... Metallo has always shown up. How about Bizarro? Mm. Ooh, I think Bizarro would be good. You know, and I got to say, I was or reading, Doomsday. I was reading. Um, Darkseid. Yeah, I think Doomsday was, wasn't Doomsday in the um, Kevin Smith is. script. I don't. Know. Well, I know it was supposed to be Death of Superman. Wasn't yeah, it? I think Doomsday was. But I'm just saying, like, give give bill. him something yeah. worthy to fight. Yeah, that's the big yeah. thing. Even Brian Singer has gone back now. Has gave an interview last week where he said. Um, I was noticing that um, <laughs> yeah, women, women were going to see The Devil Wears Prada, so I wanted to make a Superman movie sort of like that that they'd want to go to. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, but you know what? The Devil Wears Prada didn't make nearly as much money as they wanted Superman to make. So he says, if I, if I could redo it, I would do it differently now. Yeah, yeah we're done thanks. with you, Singer. We are done with you, Singer. We thanks are. Thanks for X2. Now get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Go make the usual suspects. Go make more the usual. Devil wears Prada too. So, uh, brother, yeah. Uh, so that proceeds apace. Um, Zack Snyder still working on it. Start shooting in August. Awesome. After Sucker Punch, I can't wait to see what he does next. That what? was sarcasm. I know. I okay. recognized it. I recognized it. But you know, in June we still have Green Lantern before we get to Superman. So you said this week the Green La- new Green Lantern one sheet posters were uh, released. Yes. Character. Oh, what do you call those? Character profile posters. Fanboys. Yeah. Fanboys, listen up. And Indeed. that's not just from the intro. That's not because just this is this is time for the podcast to become interactive. Okay, we're gonna ask, shout back we, at your iPod. We are going to really ask loud, listeners to write in because we're gonna have a little discussion format here. Okay, I love it. I okay, love when you. So do So this. this is for send all and then emails. Bill writes so to win. us. Send all emails to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Yeah. We will read your responses on the air. Indeed, we but will read your fan email. Here is the topic of discussion this week. Please. Now, the Green Lantern movie has released uh, character stills or one sheets. From the film, and because there'll be posters, yeah, they yes. are posters, and they are character based off of the alien creatures that will be other Green Lanterns to Hal Jordan. So they released a Sinestro, which is Mark Strong as Sinestro, mm-hmm. and he looks pretty darn good because he's close to the comic book. But version. let me ask a question: How yes. many people are going to sit in that movie theater and start screaming within the first ten minutes? His name is Sinestro. What aren't you getting about he's secretly a villain? <laughs> okay, just what if they pronounce it like? Sinistro. Oh, Sinistro. Okay, that's good. And then, <laughs> it, then you'd just be like, oh. and his partner. 
Sinistrum. Yeah, Sinistro. I'm, oh, I'm pretty good. And then he goes... Yellow Lantern Claritin. And then, like, in the, at the end of the movie, he goes, You idiots, it was Sinestro the whole time. Ha, ha, ha! I spelled it with a silent S. I don't know. But anyways... Like, wax on his mustache? Like a yes. But that's not the question for the okay, listeners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good. So, I distracted Lon. Listeners, well, I've taught you well. <laughs> it's spreading! It's spreading all <laughs> over. So the question is, basically, they showed a picture of Tomar Ray. Is that how we pronounce it? It yes. is, because Jeffrey Rush is playing him. And Kilowog. Two Michael Clark Duncan. Two very lovable fan-favorite characters from the Green Lantern stories. Now, I looked at the one-sheets, and they look nothing like the comic characters. You know, they're based off of, sure. Now, my, here's my dilemma. Here's my problem and my question to the fanboys. Please. Do you prefer, when you get your comic movies finally transformed to film? Do you prefer your favorite characters? Uh, do you prefer these studios and films taking artistic license and maybe drawing up something they imagined? Or do you prefer them to get as close to the comic as possible and look as sharp as they can from, fr- and fr- basically bringing the page to life? Should we, so, including costumes as well? Should we offer I'm some opinions now? Well, yeah, we're going to offer our take. Okay. Yeah. But we want the listeners to write into Fanboy Planet. What is it? Editor, Editor at, at fanboyplanet.com. And tell us which do you prefer? Do you prefer artistic license, or do you prefer drawn straight from the page? Let, now let, let me let Dave go first. Well, I, well, let me give. I want to give a couple examples. Okay. Okay. So, like for we example, to let you more go first, rules. Dave. Please remember that. That's all right. Well, look at something like say X Men, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that was artistic license in the sense that they didn't draw the characters in all their colorful costumes and everything. They gave them the kind of the leather right. suits and, or whatever. And, and it, those costumes are now in X Men First Class. Sure. Well, the, the colorful ones, yes. yeah. But they're still kind of in the leather. Now, and they worked them back into the comics, too. Yeah. Sure. But I will say that that was an example of artistic license kind of working. Mm-hmm. Now, right. here's another example of maybe drawn from the page. And I'll give you two. Watchmen mm-hmm. was very, very close to drawn straight from the page. Yes. Yep. The next one I will give you and is probably mm-hmm. the most popular is if you look at Iron Man. One of the most yes. popular comic movies ever. They they made that Iron Man armor look exactly like the drawings of I forget the artist. It was uh, one of the Don Heck originally. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the, I mean the, the original gray armor. But the th- thing about it, ever since the gray armor, his armor keeps changing every time. Do you sure, mean, like Bob yeah. Layton. Is that what no, 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 not like, he, remember there was a one, pa- one of the early panels at Comic Con. He Didn't actually brought. One of the he was a modern. It's a modern artist who who did all the painting oh, for the poster. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, but his so I mean, it was his li- the live action armor was really based off of his artwork. Yes, okay. and and but th- that's the thing is everybody loves the look of Iron Man so much because it's so close to what they did in the comic. So, gentlemen, please debate. Which do we prefer? Okay, well, let me add another uh, uh, wrinkle to this. Uh, what about for? Uh, TV shows like Smallville. Uh, let's talk about any live action version of a, a comic. Batman the Arena Show. The Arena. I don't know <laughs> what that is. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> is it? But you could take the original Adam West uh, Batman thing and call that artistic license because it's, no, actually, I don't it, think it was. It, wasn't. No? it was, it was actually pretty accurate. To make it accurate to the no. uh, okay, okay to the comics at the time. But anyway, Dave, go ahead, weigh in first. Uh, well, I, like taking something like Smallville, I have no problem with them uh, changing like costume wise. Like for example, Aquaman, it would have been really hard pressed to, to actually do something in that type of costume. They just kind of kept the colors the same. Although I beg to differ, the Justice League 
X-rated parody. Well, no, no, no. Has an accurate <laughs> has Aquaman. An incredibly accurate. accurate. And I Aquaman. only know this from the trailer. Well, Just that the is trailer. all I will ever know. Right. I want that stressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Because uh, let's talk after. No, but I, but I think that it works in some uh, aspects. In some uh, like big budgeted films, maybe not so much. I mean, they have the money to do like CGI where they can create creatures right. to make it a little bit more accurate. Like like Doomsday on Smallville was. They didn't okay. have the budget. Doomsday on Smallville was right. nothing like. I know, but Doomsday. I'm saying, but you can see like they had limitations, right? And that, sure. and that is exactly what happened. I mean, I sat down with the producers of Smallville, and that's one of the things they said was they planned Doomsday to look really cool, and then just ran the, out of money. The CW pool. But I have a flip side argument to that, though, too. Yeah. So a movie like The Last uh, Hulk was it just Hulk or The Incredible Hulk? I always Hulk. Kind of, no, it was, it was Incredible Hulk. Incredible, incredible Hulk. The Ang Lee one was just Hulk. That's right. right. Okay. It was so just dull. They had the budget to do the Abomination. Now, the Abomination has a pretty distinct look, a fan-favorite character, one of the Hulk's greatest enemies, and instead of drawing it to look like the Abomination from the comic, he looked like a creature from one of the Resident Evil movies. You know what I mean? And I really felt like that hurt. That final battle I of them, bothered by that. and yet in the script, I felt that was justified because they, uh, where the original in the comics, the Abomination was not tied into the Super Soldier formula. Right, this one, the one in the yeah. film was, but he still got. Didn't he get gamma sized or something? And uh, it was gamma radiation. Gamma, ra- gamma radiation was involved, but it was they were trying the to super soldiers. They were trying to just recreate the the, yeah. the whole well, explosion. So yeah. that's another example of artistic license. Right. What well, about Venom in, in Spider-Man films? I thought that I was, felt he looked fairly the I was same okay as the with comic. The way he looked, I love yeah. the way he flew off at the end. At the end, <laughs> that was a Sandman. Okay. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was the artistic license. Well, I, Sandman I still haven't watched Spider-Man 3 since the time I fell asleep watching it, so yeah. I don't that know. Good, good luck huh? with that. I don't have much opinion of that. Um, I, so, yeah. So, anyone else? Rick, you want to add any? Uh, my only thought about it is that, you know, comics comics go through series and get, they go through artists and creative teams that all that are constantly changing the looks of not only from an artistic style but costuming. X-Men is probably the the most Wonder fluid Woman. in the comic comic and Wonder Woman Wonder right Woman now is going through right through now, a yeah. very different. So the fact that we end up with a with a movie edition that looks somewhat different than the comics, I'm not I'm not bothered by that in most cases. In most cases, a lot of them are because it's very hard to do that kind of stuff in real life. With the way fabric works, the way seams work, the way capes don't always float behind you as you're standing still on the street. The ones that bother me are the ones where they do it for for really no good reason other than to be different. I, I and the uh, Superman Returns cu- Superman costume I think is probably one I was going to say that was a case biggest that examples of of where they just said let's put texture here and for no good reason mm. the, let's let's go with colors that aren't quite what they what the custom what they're let's expecting. go with a burgundy and with superman you really and have I'm not kidding that was some of the discussion it was like yeah. giving it the those colors that are, it's red blue and yellow yeah. we have we have what, what is what about an elevated s pattern i, I hated that yeah. I hated if that. you're if you're doing a Superman, you're doing an iconic character who hasn't changed. When he has changed, it's been an event, and that's what the story's about. The red, red, blue Superman, the um, you know the 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 cyborg Superman, the the, yeah. the those changes are story elements, not just a fashion statement. Right. And what about like some Batman with nipples? Fair. I think it, it depends on the approach. I mean, because like when they're trying to do a real like Smallville on the mm-hmm. t- on at least the first few seasons, one of the 
one of the things with Smallville that it doesn't drive me crazy, it's just like I always have to go, <sighs> is that they started saying, what if Clark Kent was in the real world, trying to make it seem like all these weird things were happening in a world that the mainstream audience can see. And that's why X-Men was in black leather, trying to say, like, mm-hmm. this is if you really yeah. were. And and then you go, Iron Man just goes, I'm you're, you're in a superhero universe. Yeah. Be there. Superman, clearly. No one in 1978 wanted to mess with the outfit. But in Smallville, they did. And now they keep backtracking. Justice Society, if you watch the Justice Society episode, of course you did, Absolute Justice, where some of the characters, like the star-spangled kid, Sylvester, had a sweater that had the pattern mm-hmm. uh, of, of his costume. And so they tried to mix it up. And then you just went in Hawkman. They tried to just make it look not too goofy yeah. in a real-world situation. That's a really hard one to do. But Dr. Fate ended up looking awesome. Yes. Uh, and now Booster Gold, this last week we'll talk about later, I thought the costume was great. And they went ahead and made Blue Beetle look like Blue Beetle. And so now it's like, you know, because the last three seasons of Smallville, they've said... Oh yeah, superhero fans watch this show too, yeah. and <laughs> so yeah. But then look at something like Spider, the Spider-Man movies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I hated the Green Goblin. Sure, the Green costume. Goblin costume was terrible, but the Spider-Man one, they so stuck was, with it. That you know? was fine, and yeah. they gave and they had to use. It. So when you say like Green Lantern, which is what started all this, is mm-hmm. I think that the thing is that the core, most of the core, looked the way the core did. In 1961, because of limitations in art styles and printing ability, it has to be very primary, very simple. You can't do a lot of shading. You can't do a sure, lot of the texturing. Yeah, and so, I would rather go ahead and see you re-envision to some extent. Like I think Tomare is recognizably Tomare to me. Kilowog is a little hairier than I always imagined. And he's less. His head is way smaller than it. But Kilowog, really but the thing is also Kilowog was originally drawn by Joe Staten, who is very cartoony. Mm. And so yeah. most of the people that have that we associate the, the look of Kilowog with are artists that are a lot more cartoony than someone like, say, John Cassidy. You know, and so you've got to kind of... No, yeah, I understand. I understand the yeah. reasons why. Yeah. But I'm saying that as a fan, which do we prefer? I mean, so, do you have a problem with like Captain America's new uh, costume or... The Bucky um, America? You mean Bucky America? Oh, you mean in the no? Movie. He's talking about the movie. movie. Oh, the movie! I think the movie costume well, yeah. looks well, great. We're about I think yeah, right. that one they had to take license, but they pulled it as close as they could. But it's kind of like what you're saying. They're trying to f- put it and make it fit in a real world right. Right. scenario, which works. It doesn't. It didn't work in the Red Brown ones where no, that was that was just totally. Dumb. Yeah. I, but the thing is, though, they could have got away with everything except the head. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because the, the spandex and everything looked great. But he's wearing a motorcycle helmet with a mask because underneath. they wanted to teach the kids not to ride the motorcycles without a helmet on. That was the whole reason. Uh, it's one of the reasons. Oh, okay. Safety. Mm. Um, oh, and by the way, just a quick little side and note: Reb wasn't very good on the motorcycle. When we were uh, we were moving some things out of my office this weekend, and we found the little kids' uh, Captain America shield. Yeah. And uh, just for the heck of it, I threw it around the room because, I mean, you know, we're not getting under pockets. And it came back. back to you and you hit a Nazi? Well, no. What happened was <laughs> I threw it the right way to, like, bank off the walls, and it, all, it like, came really close to coming back to me. How, so many, I, how many more times did you try to get it to come back to you? Uh, well, it was just that one time. I think we already packed it up. And moved, but if it's still there, I will try it one more time. Okay. So. But yeah. I'm just saying that with the perfectly spherical shield, it's possible. Okay, well, I, you know, I'm fine and with that. And thrown the right way. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, you know, again, as far as film goes, it's it just depends on the approach. 
you know. Sure. So, but yeah. if you are listening and you want to chime in with your thoughts yeah, absolutely. on what you think, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thank you. Lon. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. Make this right. our and podcast. And next week. Make it your podcast. And next week, May 6th, uh, Thor opens. And that's a costume I know you haven't been super happy with. You know, I think, you know, the, my biggest problem with that costume, I think, is his hair just needs to be longer. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. If his hair were just a little longer, it would look a little more Norsey. Does that make any sense? I, it strangely it does. It makes a lot of sense. It does. It okay. does. You know, I, I want to add something to what Lon just said. If you want to write out, if you want to reach out to us with something you want to add, you know, you don't have to You don't have to do all that, that typing stuff or that writing stuff. If you want to record something on MP3 and oh, yeah, send it to us easier. as an attachment, you could even appear in the show. We'd cut your eye in. That's so. crazy talk. I've done it before for other podcasts. Wow. In fact, I have actually not been in the last hundred broadcasts. I'm right now not across from you. No, what? <laughs> That's okay. Oh, yeah. Derek That's McCaw. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Insert McCaw here. <laughs> ah, the McCaw Here's one. your host, Derek McCaw. McCaw. <laughs> Thank you, Lon. Remember that <laughs> thing that happened? I am so happy. Okay. Anyway, uh, so the Thor screenings, and this is interesting, um, they've all been moved to Saturday mornings across the country. Wait, wait, for I the general public? For, for the press, yeah. oh. which then has, but then has like the magazine and newspaper, you know, the ads, like the radio stations, they're giving away tickets. So um, it's interesting. Usually, uh, well, every other superhero <laughs> movie, the screening has been uh, uh, usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. and Because um, they want to get the teens and the tweens well, and the, they, they, they and the teeny get the tweens. Public. But if they go to a Saturday morning, Saturday morning reserved for... The Kitty movies. Mm-hmm. So here's a PG-13 action film being put on Saturday morning. Maybe it's just a financial thing. Well, I think it's all, it's all nationwide. I think that I, I think that they're really trying to push that this the is kids, good for kids. This is good for kids, yeah. and I, I don't know that a it PG-13 is. movie. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Uh, isn't there a lot of him with his shirt off, running around, and looking all? What's wrong with that, Lon? It's PG-13. What are you saying? I don't want to take my kids to that. Is there something wrong with a muscled male body? That was like Tarzan. It was that way too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. look what I happened mean, to that generation. And the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Naked bodies. Are you, what, so you're going to go to that screening then, Derek? I am. All right. And by the time you hear this, we I have gone, and I believe Lon and I are negotiating to... Uh, oh, yeah. We saw it. It was <laughs> good. No, <I'm laughs> Insert comments here. Yeah. Indeed. Put uh, review here. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, today there was a new X-Men First Class trailer that's switching studios. Shows a lot. No, we missed it. Yeah. Oh, Show yeah, a you lot. Got, I'm sorry. You gave me a little later after... Uh, you know what? Spoiler alert. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Say it. Michael Ironsides is in this movie. Yeah. Holy... And, and Ray Wise. I love Ray Wise. The devil from Reaper. Oh, yeah. The guy from Robocop. Yes. And Swamp mm-hmm. Thing. He was the original Alec Holland in the first Swamp Thing film. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So what and you're Leland saying Palmer is Ray Wise is the White Lantern? I no. think that may be what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That may right. be what I'm saying. Mm. I, I know that I always find him watchable. I'm very thrilled. I love Ray Wise. I, I love to see character You know what? I'm going to just say it. Can I just say it? Say it. I'm, I'm not ashamed anymore. Yeah. I love Ray Wise. More than Timothy Oliphant? Wait. Oh, don't go. <laughs> okay. Go easy uh, there, Derek. Uh, Whoa. I'm sorry. I was just. Whoa. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's really, it's a fight between The Rock, Timothy Oliphant, and Ryan Reynolds. I'm I'm gonna gonna say, say, they're I'm all gonna, fighting. I, I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind Pillow right now. fight. 
in June mm-hmm. from Sony coming on DVD because it was it only got a very limited release. It's uh-huh. a movie that may just destroy your mind. Okay, or my jeans. Have you heard of this film called Electra Lux? Oh, I have heard of that. The one with Carla uh, Gugino as yeah, a as the first part. What's the first part called? Uh, girls on trampolines. Girls on film. <laughs> no, nah, man. It's I heard it's good. terrible though. But it's but it's got Carla, Carla Gugino, Gugino as an adult, f- as a retired adult film star. Yes, yeah, Timothy Oliphant as a uh, private detective investigating her, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, but he's not on my list. You like now him. if you you, if you like him one more had, one more film he's gonna worm his way. No, into your I do heart. appreciate him. He's a little young for me though. Oh, okay, well you're no crazy. But if you had a, because he started watching him when he was on uh, uh, Third Rock, I never watched that show. Oh, I love. But Third if Rock. you put on if you made a direct to DVD movie and called it The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Timothy Timothy Oliphant pillow fight, <laughs> I. Would lose. Uh, it. You actually just had a Freudian slip of the sound that you'd be making. Timony, 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 Oh, Timony, Timony, Timony. <laughs> and I'm not even uh, gay. Okay. But anyways, no, not at all, not at all. But I would be for them. Three. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the first movie looks good. I, and uh, the Avengers started filming yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Where did they start released? filming? The oh, the shield cool. photo with the with the chairs mm-hmm. uh, in New York. So um, I thought it was New Mexico. They're going to be filming in New Mexico. They're going to oh, be filming okay. all over the place. I think everybody's filming in New Mexico now because yes. the Wait, tax is that breaks. You that just beeped. Yes. Uh, oh, they, yes. Uh, New Mexico offers a great, great tax. Break. I have a cousin who lives there and said, "You should just move here because this is where Hollywood's going." Pretty and much. Like, and yeah, it is. Yeah. For I'm nothing. thinking about it. Well, I mean, it was Toronto for a while until yeah. I think Toronto like changed their. Uh, uh, and I got to say, Albuquerque is a beautiful city. So Regina, if you're listening, we're close to it. Um, so that's my cousin. Shout out. Um, and uh, Rick brought up that Odd Thomas, created by Dean Koontz. Isn't he the singer for Matchbox 20? No, that's nope. Rob Thomas. Oh, sorry. Wow, a joke so obvious even I knew it. Um, I'm kidding. Didn't he do a Cruelly. duet with Carlos Santana? Must you? Okay, don't. Lon, I blame you. I blame it's you. It's spreading. Odd Thomas spreading. is a teenager who can talk to the dead, right? Well, he's a teenager in the graphic novel you read, but he's an, ah. ad, he's an adult in most of the Dean Coots oh, novels. Oh, see, I've never read the novels. There's I've like five the or six of them. That's what I read. Yeah. So, I read um, Walking Dead, too, Dave. And he can, he can, in fact, talk to the dead, and, in fact, he gets involved in all kinds of uh, So, wait a minute. You're saying there's a young adult who sees dead people? Yes. Yes. <sighs> I've seen this before. It was called The Sixth Sense, guys. Yes. Yes. We can't make a movie of this. It's already been done. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I don't know anything about the movie other than that it sounds like it's the first book, which was a good story. And, okay. Um, I was just pleased that I, that they were going to make it into a series okay. or into a movie at least. And now, and now to get to another uh, film adaptation that I, I know Lon, Rick, and myself have been waiting for. Uh, Dave is going to finish reading the book, and then he's going to be eagerly awaiting this film. Uh, uh, Wait, can I read the title? Archie. Yeah. No. Back to Riverdale 2. World War Sleep? Yes. World War Sleep. Uh, World War I'm going to have problems, honestly, um, pronouncing the name of the actress that sparked this whole thing. She's in The Killing, which you said is a great series on AMC. I am quite fond of it. Yes. Yes. This actress who's one of the leads in that is Murray. Morelli? Venus. I don't think we actually got the name of the movie out, right? Uh, World War Z. Yeah. Uh, Murray. Enos is going to be playing. It's pronounced Ennis. It is not. Uh, Brad P- Brad Pitt's wife, 
Uh, Brad Pitt's wife Brad, is Brad named Pitt, Ennis? Brad Pitt is producing and starring in the film. Oh, gotcha. Don't know which role he's going to have. But Mark, the zombie. Mark Forster <laughs> is directing. Mark Forster's the guy who did Finding Neverland. Ooh, I never found that one. Uh, the Johnny Depp movie, I really like oh, that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, he's a he's interesting. a he's a director with a, with some interesting ability. Well, you know what? Yeah. Actually, though, World War Z is kind of more the people retelling the stories yeah. and not so much crazy zombie pick. You know what right. I mean? Well, that's what makes the book so fascinating. It is, yeah. I mean, there are grotesque. It is an moments. anthology uh, book. A lot of different stories that are tied together by the in by the person, but who's all by one person, Max Brooks, and which seems like that that's going to be the character. I said more of main. yeah, episodic, yeah, yeah. or Mister Mm-hmm. And you know we, I think we all feel, or those of us that have read it or or experienced it, and Dave's about to. Oh, I envy and you. I think we all feel like it really would stand to benefit from a, like an HBO miniseries. I do and think not that. a two-hour film, or nowadays a ninety-minute. I have a feeling I would enjoy the ninety-minute like film, it could, three, three films, or a trilogy. Dave, uh, Dave floated that. It could World War Z two and World War Z three. It could quite easily be the zombie version of Band of Brothers. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh. They're totally co- like, dude. Think of how, like, you know, Band of Brothers starts with like yeah. the old World War Two vets exactly. the talking. The, the great thing about that description is that comes out sounding sarcastic, and then no, you go, "No, he was that's serious. awesome." I know, I know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's like it sounds like a silly thing to say, and then you go, "No." It and is. in fact, given the different stories, you could you could actually pitch the case that different directors could do each one of those. Oh, it'd stories. be great. That'd be so great. Every week, a new director ta- tackles yep. one of the stories. That'd be so awesome. I but mean, they're instead, missing the boat. <laughs> instead, we're going to get lots of hey, stuff. You know what? Yeah, hey, hey I will Thrones, say this. So only one thing Brad Pitt yeah. is friends with Tom Hanks. So maybe Tom Hanks. Oh, aren't they all? Are, are you friends? believing the 30 Rock Movie Star Club uh, conspiracy Possibly. That was awesome. <laughs> but I will say <laughs> this. Maybe if Tom Hanks is listening tonight... Or at least maybe Colin is. Colin, you know, I'm pretty sure. You, Colin, Colin might. So, Colin, Colin will listens. you tell your dad, tell Brad, this needs to be an HBO miniseries. You know, it's go not f- too late to back out of that two-hour thing. Because Actually, I don't want to talk about it, but you know, Angelina listens. So she, right. Well, uh, I know that... Uh, I know that... Uh, I know that... <laughs> God, I can't remember his name. <laughs> I am watching what's the first an expression of horrible pain. Oh, I had the best <laughs> joke. <laughs> Max? I was going to say, it's like Maximus. No, Maximilian. I can't help you and I don't want to. What's the kid's name? What's his name? You know, the one with the little mohawk, the little Chinese kid. But you looked like you just said. Oh, I was going to nail it to The pectate just kicked in. (laughs) It was coming out. At an unfortunate moment. What is his name? That's going to kill him. If you know Angelina Jolie's first kid's name. That's right the best in. laugh I've had in about a month. <laughs> I'm glad. You deserve there it. There you go. He's really laughing. Does, you guys seriously don't know it, though? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Max's. Or, or it's like with a Q Maxwell or something. Isn't it? And sadly for Lon, I sort of quietly, That's kill me all quietly asked Dave not to look anything up so we could stay focused. So now, oh, you want I'm going to remember it. Oh, you can't have it. Later the same evening. Uh, Let's get to TV. Viper? 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 One last uh, bit of uh, movie news that's kind of uh, related to this last story that we were talking about, which is on the yeah, yeah. Uh, we were there. long series. We were there. Go. So uh, they used to cast uh, Javier Bardem as the lead for Dark Towers, the Stephen King book. We've actually right. talked about that a yeah. few times. Oh, uh, you have? Well, yeah. yeah. As far as the just cast, that was a couple weeks ago. Okay, and well, just, they, and they've uh, talked about it for a long time. So well, we're really, right. We are really, really looking forward to it, though, Dave. Okay, I think it's going to be a cool idea. Yeah. 
I hope so. And that's one where they're taking the long series approach in movies. Because we should mention Javier Bardem is also married to Penelope Cruz and fathering a child by her. So he slept with her too. He is the luck. What? (laughs) What? Wow! I didn't even say that. Then he is the luckiest man in the world. Anyway, one of. Um, So we shall now move to TV. Television and uh, Doctor Who returned and returned to American television as well at the same time. Uh, so uh, apparently, fairly awesome esp- episode. There has for- been some controversy because uh, American audiences apparently got a uh, a sort of a prologue explaining who, uh, recapping the fifth se- season. Oh, and uh, the Brits didn't, yeah? and the and the, the British did not uh. because this is the year that BBC America and I noticed this, Doctor Who is now co-produced officially by BBC America, which it, I don't think it was before. So they're definitely saying the Americans are the ones that are driving the – or just because the BBC has not had a lot of money from the government. Right. Um, that the, the American audience is driving the budget for Doctor Who. So although it had, unfortunately, the worst ratings of a Doctor Who debut yet. Bravo, so, America. Bravo. Yeah, it was a really good episode, I thought. I mean – The Impossible from, Astronaut from, was the official From title. the standpoint of uh, time travel twists and stuff in the first 15 minutes. And uh, yeah, and the Apollo uh, moon mission. So I love those yep. spacesuits. I'm I'm right there. Yep, I enjoyed it as well. Long, what did you think? Oh, of Doctor Who. I I really like this new Doctor because I feel like he appeals more to like a, <coughs> you know, kind of like the new younger hip generation. Is he a real Doctor? The hipster uh, Doctor. No, but I also feel like the stories have improved more uh, than like last season and stuff. I feel like the after writing, one episode, you feel that. Yeah. That the stories have Yeah, improved. because pretty much... This is why I'm just asking you to occasionally pay attention just so... No, you I don't love Doctor Who. It's like, like my favorite thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. I like it when he uses the uh, sonic wrench and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, he fights the Galix or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, he uses, like... <laughs> the Celts. And then, like, him and uh, Bill and Ted, they go back in time in the, yes. the phone booth or something, yes. right? Which like, I should mention, uh, Keanu Reeves confirmed that part three is being written by Alex Winter. Is the done. The script, script has been done. written, yeah. Alex Winter, Wait, Bill and Ted talking about? Bill and Ted. I was talking about coming. Doctor Who. I know, but I'm yeah. telling you. No, you were talking about Bill and Ted. Well, no, <laughs> that's what I remember. Yes, from I know. Because you show. saw those. Yeah, yeah. So Bill and Ted three it's is another bogus journey. Oh, I like bogus journey. Bogus journey is hilarious. Although I love the, bogus, no, the, uh, I meant like it's bogus you, station. You stopped watching far too soon, and and uh, what? You stopped watching this last episode. Oh, of okay. Far too soon. Not you. Derek. No, you stopped watching what? I'm pot. What episode? Talking to Derek. The the last the episode. Grown-ups are talking, Lon. He kept the, saying far too soon. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, you didn't watch it all the way through the credits because Apparently they had not. they had a little homage to Elizabeth Sladen at the end that was just beautiful. With so they had got some footage where she was walking away from the camera, turned, waved, and then spun back and ran off, which Aww. was just uh, it's like the the most beautiful homage and tacked I've, on. I, I have read that they did start filming a new series of. I had, I'd read that too. So yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but um, I hope they at least show those episodes That'd be because nice. to get her work out there. Um, and Dave, you've been watching the Stars Cam a lot, then, right? Did I hear that correctly? I have. Uh, I didn't watch the very last one because I was okay. Away from I only, I just watched caught, watched the first episode this week. I think it's worth mentioning because it is an interesting series. You've watched beyond yes. Episode so one. I, I actually just before I came here, I was trying to catch up on the second episode of Game of Thrones, but just. In the one episode I saw of Game of Thrones, it has totally blown away Camelot. 
in terms of both the production quality. Interesting. I have and, not watched Game of Thrones yet. And uh, there you go. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I don't get me wrong. I like some of Camelot. I like uh-huh. some of the acting in it. I thought Eva Green was really great as uh, Morgana. I and, love Eva Green. And by the way, if you watch it, that's just a, just to see her and all her glory. You might and say all her is worth Eva it. Green-ish. I was a little surprised by the glory that is in Camelot. So that that was a that was pretty. You uh, need to watch amazing. the Dreamers then, because she me is just. By surprise. Gorgeous I it, but the, actually, just to kind of close on Camelot, so the last episode I saw, they had a very interesting take on the whole Lady of the Lake oh, cool. uh, uh, okay. mythology. And it was actually, I thought, was really I well found done. the most cool. difficult thing to adjust was realizing uh, Claire Forlani is, uh, like, playing the mom. And she seems so young. Wasn't she in Mallrats? Yeah, but she was pretty old already. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah she was like what, in her late. No, but 20s see, th- there seems to have some some underlining like sexual tension between her and Merlin, who's played by. Uh, Is she Morgane? Justifying? No, she's Igraine. She's Arthur's oh. mother. Oh. So. Ew, a so milf. They have to, Ew, that they never have really to, They had to kind of keep them at a certain you know age so that if they do go down that road, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. No, that's good. Yeah. I, I just it was kind of jarring to see her playing the. The mother role, you know, because I still did they have did they have milfs back then in that era? Apparently so, because I'm watching stars. Well, they probably had what women having uh, getting married at sixteen. So why not? So it's more like mothers I'd like to marry. Yes, yes. which is the way it should be. Milm, which is the way it should be, Lon. Okay, all right. Because I mean, the life expectancy back then wasn't that long, right? It's about twenty. Yeah, Yeah, that was like thirties. And you only grew to be like four feet tall. Oh, so, wow. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. And that, speaking of which, Peter Dinklage is awesome. In Game of Peter Dinklage is my favorite character. In the, he, Tyra, have you read the books? Uh, absolutely not. Tyron and, and, and the, He the, does the, not <laughs> read. That's right. I thought oh, we clarified that. I forgot. I'm waiting for the uh, picture version. Right. Walking Jeez. Dead. Jeez. There we go. Rick's no, so but, No, I used to read fantasy books a long time ago. Uh, but, um, no, I'm actually very, very happy with Game of Thrones and... Um, I you know kind of feel bad for Camelot now because I don't know about in terms of Camelot is going to have to step up the nudity and the sex if they're going to want to compete. Okay, but should they compete or should they just be their own series? Well, they sh- uh, they it's should. called big time cable ratings, Derek. Step it up. Are but then they again, on against what? each other, Claire no, Forlani no. and Evergreen need to get to it. But you're talking about what? Uh, the budget on Game of Thrones was like $50 million, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Whereas Camelot, even though it was uh, filmed $50? on... $50? <laughs> Camelot was actually Throw filmed $50 in, in, Ireland, in, in Ireland for real. You know, real like locations and castles, but it looks cheap in comparison. Hmm. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm, uh, it's not I, TV. I would also, it's HBO. And versus stars, where I would also say, though, uh, the actual historically Arthur's Day would not be all that lush and high production value. Uh, they were just trying to survive. And yeah. So who knows? I, I thought they were trying to make – I was glad to finally see a a version of, of the Arthurian legend that is both trying to give it some sort of grounding in historical fact and not turn its back on the magic. Sure. Because that's been, sure. I, I don't like seeing the Arthurian movies where it's like, this is what really happened. How would you like, feel about the Borman uh, Excalibur? I think it's silly and it's fun. I like it. Really? But I, I love it. I, but, I, no, I mean, I like it. It's silly. just, but, but it, but and it has the magic. And it's, but I'm yeah. saying, like, recently you had that first night with Sean Connery oh, and Richard please. Gere. Yeah. You had uh, King Arthur with Clive Owen yeah. playing, and there's the real historical. And it's like, Excalibur and like even, the, even the musical film Camelot right. tries to. Is that with back, Bob Goulet? 
uh, not in the film. Right? Oh, okay. But um, tries to back away from the magical elements, which is Richard Harris. Like, yeah. yeah, Richard Harris and Franco Nero. But not Merlin, the TV series. No, but then that's nice to see that. But then Merlin, the TV series, is just Merlin. Smallville in in Camelot. Yeah. Um, you know, so that show needs nudity. I, I every I show needs nudity. I've only seen the first episode. I probably should watch more because I do hear people do like it. I just haven't. Gotten I stopped you know watching what, once they moved it away from NBC. You know what? You know what it is though. Stars got greedy. Spartacus blew up. They didn't know what to do with it. Somebody came along with a Camelot script. They said. Period fantasy pieces are awesome. Yeah, but Let's it's good. Do it. Well, they it's got good. they got, sure. got a, a decent cast. I think that's actually a good start. The guy the guy playing Arthur was the kid that was um, Ian McKellen's son in The Prisoner. He's also in the Twilight films. Oh well, Who's done and films? done. He's one of the old uh, vampires. Uh, I haven't noticed him at all. Yeah, he doesn't say much. But you know, <laughs> then again, I haven't really watched the Twilight films that um, carefully. <laughs> You're not sitting there studying them. No, yeah, really I mean, as soon as he was finished, he I stopped was watching. Studying my watch, um, so yeah. Ooh, Jacob, I'm totally Team Jacob. He's Shark Boy, man. He's Shark Boy. That's even creepier. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to Smallville, shall we? Sure. Yes. <laughs> well, wait, Rick. What last thoughts on Game of Thrones before we move? Because uh, you know, one thing we didn't mention, we talked a lot about it last week. I but got that. I love that title sequence at the beginning. Yes, it's excellent. That's so awesome. I I. I Watched it again the second the second episode, and I, I went right back. I rewound it back and watched it through again. It's just amazing. And, yeah, I, I think that it's – the one thing we talked about was the first episode was a little bit slow going because they're introducing all these characters. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You want I mean, you read no. the book, but – Yeah. So uh, by episode five, episode 5 is going to have a major character die, death. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, you don't have to say anything more. Don't say that. I'm not going to say anything. Do not say that because the, the, we haven't talked about the – the thing about that series is that George R. R. Martin kills characters when you least expect it, and he just he does not do formula. He does not do it at all. He's more like no real, one is real safe. Life. No one is safe. I better catch up before this becomes like the new Lost. It's going to be. When you guys start talking about it, I turn into Lawn. Yeah. Do catch up. You'll enjoy it. Okay. And they're just one-hour episodes. Wait, I was – what do you mean turn into Lost? I was when, when all we, in I Lost. I know. When you were talking to Lost, that's when I would turn into you and I would walk away like we were talking about Doctor Who. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. So, so you, you had to add oh, the so, Doctor Who thing. So. Yeah. Okay, so last bit on that. You heard it here first. Peter Dinklage will be nominated for an Emmy. I, I, I wouldn't you be – know this for a fact? I know it for a fact. They're going to throw him a bone and – I don't think so. Genre, genre television. Yeah. Uh, well, just Boardwalk Empire. I don't know. I would kind of classify that. As was, what is he in Boardwalk Empire? No, he's not in Boardwalk. I'm talking about like another HBO. Oh, series. okay. It's okay, being okay. very hard to track you right now. Then. And uh, Boardwalk Empire is coming back for another season. And there's a couple of sci-fi shows coming out on HBO. Are um, you thinking of Falling Skies? That's TNT. No. Yeah. No, there's. Uh, they were. Uh, they've been. They've been pumping them right along with uh, Game of Thrones. There's. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, we'll next week. Anyways, let's talk about Smallville. Smallville. We had Booster Gold, Booster Gold, and uh, the Blue Beetle. And uh, for someone who does not has not read the comics, you're not a, re- you not a yes. reader of the comics. Okay, that's um, good. he doesn't read. No, I'm no, not no. saying that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue I mean, that. Slander. He said that. Right. I didn't true. say that. No, you said it. So anyhow, um, you said the last thing he read was Spidey Super Stories. Run the tape back. You said it. I actually liked you the Booster Gold character. Stop it. I <laughs> uh, actually thought the actual actor from uh, – he was on uh, Days of Our Lives. 
uh, was actually fairly well. Are you, fam- oh, good. Are you familiar with him from Days of Our Lives? Well, it's just you because my uh, wife watches that show and she's uh, sure. she recognized him. Okay, good. Um, so I thought he came across, uh, you know, I guess, I, from what I understand, what the character As a person who has read almost everything, uh, all the Booster Gold stories, he was very Booster Gold-like. But keep, keep in mind who actually... What uh, wrote that episode? Jeff so, Johns, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that the accuracies are going to be a little bit more scrutinized. Well, there. I thought it was very interesting that they got in his tagline because it it says, he's, "I'm the hero you've never heard of," right? The greatest hero you've never never heard, heard of. of, yeah. And that's and which is an awesome, uh, which is the tag on the latest book, tagline, yeah, uh, on the book. So it's, cool. it's so that people is can, he active in any books right now? Yeah, he's in Justice League International. He will be. He's in Justice League Generation. Okay, Lost. okay, okay. And he's in his own title, Booster Gold. Right. And so if you if somebody watches Smallville and walks into the store and goes and sees Booster Gold, the greatest hero you've never heard of. Was that that because uh, they had some uh, uh, kind of a caricature image that he was kind of selling shirts and stuff for? Yes. Was that actually the real one from the comic? Yes, you can buy that T-shirt in comic shops across the country. Well, but I'm saying that I mean that's what he looks what's like. His, in what's the comic your name? Book? Blair Butler, the one on G4. She yeah. has that T-shirt. She wore it actually on a photo cover of. Booster Gold about six seven months ago. Cool. So, um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually more impressed with him than the Blue Beetle. Honestly, I, I was kind of like they made eh. it more of a Booster episode, and they kept and they kept a lot of it, cutting to the chase again of Booster's backstory. That you know they they talked about him being from the future. He had to, he had to, has the Legion ring. But he stole and he, he stole. And did they do the Beetle morph thing? Where they the, did. Okay, they was did. it as good as the faked? Uh, or the that the promo test, one they the did? The test one. I didn't think it was as good as the one. On, but the thing is, that on the one that Alex Winter, back to Bill and Ted, that's who directed that one, uh-huh. Alex Winter's Blue Beetle two-minute test reel was designed to be for a potential children's show on Cartoon Network. It was meant to present Blue Beetle as a hero, and in this episode they're presenting Blue Beetle as an alien threat. As an alien threat which is what eventually they revealed in both the comics and on the Batman Brave and the Bold series. They they had an episode with that where he was fighting against that programming. So they just went right to that <coughs> little subplot, brought that to the fore, made him a menace, and then leave it as a spinoff saying that Booster Gold and Blue Beetle will be working to keep the the armor under control and uh-huh. still so I, I and thought then, uh, it has it also introduced that other character from the I believe right the uh, the, the Ted Cord Ted Cord Ted Cord is the previous Blue Beetle who was dead in the comics and that's oh, how okay. and that's how Jaime got the scarab so okay, well he's uh, alive in the uh, yes he's so alive in the show and then they mentioned that Dan Garrett the first Blue Beetle had worn the scarab and got killed okay yeah I did so catch that. so they did they they included basically all the Blue Beetle yeah. mythology you know it's it's impressive. It's a shame that it goes up against, you know, being shoehorned into Smallville, where you are screaming at Clark Kent, "Put on the dance!" Well, yeah. in this episode, keep it, but but just to kind of add, in this episode, they try to actually make him more of what we, you know, know as Clark Kent. He even did one of the like the klutzy changing of the of the of the you know outfit from being the klutzy Clark Kent to like open and it's on that stupid leather jacket. Yeah. Instead, it's like, come on. Yeah, but you know, I, I I was reading some like forums and stuff like that on Smallville, and a lot of people actually were not happy with this episode because they felt that it, with so, you know, very few episodes left before the end of the series, that they almost felt like it deterred from, you know, the real focus here of Clark getting becoming Superman. At this point, there's nothing left to do except get him married and put on the dang suit. That's all but he has to do. They still have to wrap up the dark side. No, then they're not really going to wrap that up because like, next week is Zod's back and 
Yeah, they're gonna, they're, so they're just going to abandon that? They're, no, they're going to just say that. I think they're just going to say. He's no, I'm going to. I'm going to bet that Dark Side has something to do with Lex Luthor's return. We know that the last time we saw Dark Side, he was uh, overcoming Lionel, and we haven't seen the actual li- the Lionel Alternate World Lionel since. Yeah. So I think that's mm. all going to come back to. But have you guys seen the f- footage of Lex Luthor back now? I saw a, I saw a still. I haven't seen any. Yeah, clip. I don't. I don't really watch the video footage. I just because I just want to save it for watching the the episode. Yeah. So, but I saw the still and went okay. And you know, and they paid attention to their own continuity. They mentioned Connor offhandedly, and um, so. Well, there's a lot that they're trying to wrap up in like but three I think, episodes. But I think the other thing that they're trying to do, and the forum people have said, is these are backdoor pilots. You bring in Zatanna. You've set up. As you said earlier in the right. season, Zatanna was set up for a, what a Zatanna series would look like. What would it? What would it be? And then, uh, and then this this was setting up what would a blue a blue and gold, as they would say, what, what would a blue and gold series start from? And that's what this was. So they're doing backdoor pilots. I really think they are. And, and John did that last year with Justice Society. Made it clear that they were still going to go and do stuff. Um, and then they ended up going a different direction by killing Hawkman off, but saying that you know there were other society members out there. Yeah, but Hawkman could come back and he. Yeah, he could. That's the funny thing about reincarnation, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, he could look different too. Oh, I'm sorry, are we boring you, Rick? We are I love it. Jeez. Okay, yeah. well screw you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Monkey shines. Yeah. <laughs> High jinx shenanigans. Uh, and then just to mention, maybe we'll talk a little more about it next week. Is the Avengers animated series? Is out on DVD already. Two volumes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did mention. On you sound on, so excited. Man. I am. I got to see yeah. it. I yeah. got to check it out. And yeah. Smallville. Uh, Warner Brothers announced today that, yeah. of course, in September there will be a complete ten-season DVD set box set of Smallville. Like all ten seasons. All ten buy? seasons Damn, on, in sucks. one huge box. Why did you buy the nine? No, I I I basically bought every season. You know, up until oh, Dave. This so you didn't realize Dave. they were going to box them all together as ten? Well, no, it's just that because there, something has happened well, since no, like Buffy problem, the Vampire though. Slayer. It's like or? because when they first started, they, were, they didn't have Blu-ray, right? So then, you know, I bought like the first seven seasons or yeah. eight seasons in regular DVD. Dave, I even bought the Canadian import ha- of the pilot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. no, because eight, eight and nine they have Blu-rays of eight and nine. Mm-hmm. They don't have them for one through seven. Yeah. And I I wrote back. And I haven't heard back from them saying, are you going to do a Blu-ray version? Because it looks to me like this is just a DVD And I set. think at that point, if you have the, the bucks like Rick does, then you can go ahead and do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the first seven seasons, a fan like Rick really doesn't want to watch. Again. Not really, no. I mean, because, you know, like Target and Walmart had the first six seasons like for ridiculously low, pr- low prices. And my wife asked me if I wanted them, and I said, but... There's like maybe one episode out of each like season tedious to watch. where I would want to to watch it's like, it. Oh, another kryptonite but I'm monster! Go with, I'm still going to go kryptonite freak or what is yeah. it? Meteor rock freak? Yeah, meteor, meteor freak. freak. Yeah, yeah. Um, that eight, nine, ten are the seasons that it's finally oh, it's finally what I wanted. Right. Maybe seven because they seven had, that's a little when bit. They had AC. They have the Kara and introduced and yeah. You know. But you, Dave, you you don't have to buy them all. Relax. Just you know. I can't Enjoy stop at life. nine. That would well, suck. Look at it. Well, you can just buy ten. Just buy ten on Which Blu-ray. Which I'm planning to do. Yeah. Look okay. At it. But we we called you here for a reason, Dave. We want to just have a little intervention. Yeah. And uh, we want to help you. We're okay. your friends. Okay. By help him, you mean borrow all his collections? <laughs> yes. Watch it? Oh, exactly okay. what I want to do. All I'm right. Liberate so liberate my collection. I, I not liberate. Just borrow. Borrow. 
All right, so uh, that's all I've got for this week. You guys have anything else you want? Just a quick reminder to send your letters to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Or your recorded sound. Yes. All right. And so this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. This is an exhausted Lon Lopez. You do look tired. I'm very tired. Sorry, sleepy. This is an illiterate David Tapia. And this is Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to Mr. Moneybags. Use your powers only for good. Bad, no one will ever hear that. <laughs> and thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.